0: You know, I am blessed by the new members that God continues to bring our way. It's always a beautiful thing. It's part of being this chapter of City Hill Church. You know, if you've been around here for 10 years or 40 years, sometimes people go and they come back and they say things like, they would be tempted to say, you know, this church, that's just not the same church I knew 10 years ago. And to that I would say, hallelujah! (laughs) Because... The church is us, right? And we are living and growing. The church is not this building. The church is us. And as us, we are a living, breathing organism. And growth is the way of God. Growth as people change is part of how God made us. You know, can you imagine? I've heard mothers say this. Oh, I don't want to lose my baby. You ever heard mothers say that? She's growing up so fast. I'm just losing this. I go, well, think of the option. Your child stays as a baby forever. That's not a good option. I realize we say that because we just love these phases, and that's beautiful. People talk to a 15-year-old, and they go, you know, you, I, I hardly remember. I, I haven't seen you since you've been five. You've changed so much. And we say, hallelujah. 15-year-old, you know, they got that kind of fake mustache going on thing. And and they're, they're growing up, and they got some muscles going, and their voices squeaking. And that's all part of the joy of growing up. And as a church, we continue to grow. We continue to change. And it's what God has for us for this chapter. God's mercies are new every morning. His ways are new to us. So we just want to say... To those who are new to us this year, you are part of God's plan for this chapter in this church. And we welcome you, and we're better off because God has brought you our way. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you never change. I thank you, Lord, that you are the solid rock, that your word is true, your word never changes but that, God, we thank you for your new ways and your fresh breath and your ways that you bring new things and new people to us. May we continue to walk with you in this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we all know that this is City Hill's 50th anniversary. Uh, this is, we started back in 1970 in somebody's home, And here we are 50 years later. 50 years is a year of jubilee, which is a year of freedom. Remember our our freedom shout, ready? Freedom. One, two, three. Freedom! You know, I thought, wouldn't it be great if you started off every morning that way, just got out of bed and went, freedom! You'd freak out your spouse, but that's all right. You just, freedom. And I, I think we ought to have that shout from the oldest to the youngest. We have a shout from a youngest. Right here, someone sent me this clip this week. Go
1: ahead. Freedom. There we go.
0: We train them young. You notice the blue face, the the brave heart, you know, the painted face is good. Um, Freedom. And I have had some joys of getting emails and hearing testimonies and people sharing about ways that God is speaking freedom to their lives. Oftentimes, it's on messages and topics I haven't even touched on, but God is birthing that sense that God wants to bring freedom in our lives. And this is not about just being free and easy. It's not about getting off the grid, you know, being freedom. We have that picture here. This is not the freedom we're talking about, to go isolate your life, although it would be nice for a week, right? It would be nice to get away with that, but that's not the freedom we're talking about. We're not talking about the You know, the dude, the guy that's, uh, you know, the cool dude, I'm free, I do whatever I want. That also is not what we're talking about. But true freedom is salvation. It's freedom from the sin that binds, that holds you, that ties you down. Salvation brings freedom. It's freedom of being full of the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of God gives us the power to be free. Because freedom is not just trying harder. Any of you ever tried that? You just try, you're going to figure it out, you're going to work a little harder, you're going to do it a little better. And that's not a bad attitude, but it's an insufficient attitude. A better attitude in life is where we say, Lord, I'm trying, but I can't do it without your help. I need you, Lord. I've said this before, but when I get up to preach... Every morning, if you wonder what's going through my mind, I'll tell you. I'm going, oh, God, I need you. God, I can say all these words I've prepared that I think are from you. But, Lord, unless you make it be light and life and drop it into people's hearts, blah, 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 nobody's going to change. So one of my great joys is when I hear somebody refer to a sermon that I preached X months ago. And they go, you know, when you said that, and sometimes I'm thinking, I don't think I said that but God has way. maybe you said something kind of like it and a thought came into your mind and lives change and families change and people grow and I go, love it. That's when the Spirit of God anoints His Word, the preaching of His Word, and lives grow closer to Him and lives are changed. So whatever we're doing, we need the Lord. I was talking to somebody this week who just said, in the challenges in his business, Sometimes he doesn't have the answer. And I say, God, I need you. He said, wake up in the morning and I have the answer. Waking up. God brought it to me in my sleep. I go, that's cool. For business, not just for preaching, but for business, for engineering, for the work that we're doing. We need the Lord. and that's the, that's the position that God wants us to stay in, which is a great position of freedom. You know, the Bible says a lot about freedom. It's so funny, I'm seeing more and more about the scriptures as I'm looking at this theme. I just want to read some of these scriptures and let the word minister to your heart. John eight thirty six. whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Acts 13.38, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know, through Jesus, the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Praise the Lord for his forgiveness. that sets us free from the price that we would rightly pay for our sins. 1 Peter 2.16. So live as free men, I'll say, and women. Hallelujah. Live as free men and women. And that would be my call to you today. Live free. Find out what it is to be free in Christ. Find out what that freedom is, where you're lacking freedom in your life, and say, Lord, this year will be my year of freedom. This year I'm trusting you for freedom in all areas of my life. Freedom. And you know, as followers of Christ, his spirit gives us the freedom or the power we need to be free. The word really for power, in the Greek is dunamis, which is the root word of dynamite. I like that. It's not just kind of a nice, gentle urge, which sometimes it may seem like, but the power of the Spirit is dynamite, to blow things up, to change things in our lives. And I, I sometimes get frustrated when I hear people say, well, that's just the way I am. I can't ever find a good scripture to back that up. Let me see the scripture of Jesus. Well, that's just the way I am. You just got to learn to live with it. I have this sin in my life, but hey, that's just the way I am. I go, I don't like that. I think there's always more that God has for us. He never says, well, you're bound up there, but well, too bad. There's freedom. There's power in the spirit of God to change things. Jesus says, I have come to set the captive free. It's amazing how much the scripture speaks of freedom, the heart and passion of God. So I just want to say this to you. Whatever area that you're bound in, and you may not even know that area. The Pharisees didn't. We're free men. How dare you say we were slaves? But they were. But as God reveals things to your life, don't settle for being bound. Don't settle for being, well, that's just the way I am. Jesus says, I have come to set the captive free. He says in John 8, 31, you'll know the truth. The truth is Jesus. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So as we come to know Christ and his power, there's freedom. I love the scripture that talks about fixing our eyes upon Jesus. And the scripture says, and also the other one that says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in thee. And I can think of times in my life where I've not been free, where I've had a stress upon me that has really weighed me down. I'm thinking, I have this situation. I don't know how to fix it. And I was getting weighed down by stress. And the Lord says, it's because you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking to your own abilities. You're looking to your own resources. Turn your eyes on me, and I'll go, yeah, I get that, Lord, but you don't understand my situation. The Lord says, yeah, I really do, and your eyes are in the wrong place, and I've wrestled with God going, I get that. I look to you, but God, I've got this. And I, that wrestling, you ever had the wrestling with God where you say, I know your word says that, but my situation's different. The Lord keeps saying, turn your eyes upon me, and when I've actually been able to settle my spirit and turn my eyes upon Christ, my situations get small. The challenges I'm facing just aren't so big when you see them from God's perspective. I think the things that make me shudder, I don't think the Lord's up in heaven just shaking. Oh no, oh no, he's got this situation. I just don't think that's the way God works. And when we can see the world through his power and his love and his care for us, then we get a proper perspective of our lives. And we find freedom. And this... 50th year of our church, I believe that God's speaking freedom to us as City Hill. A year of Jubilee in the Bible was a year when slaves were set free, land returned to its original owners, and they celebrated within that year the release of debts, the release of debts. And this morning, I want to talk about freedom from financial debt. It's not a financial workshop, I wouldn't be qualified to teach that. You can go to FPU this fall, Financial Peace University, which you're offering in September. You can talk all about that. Praise the Lord. But I want to talk about the spiritual side, the, the personal side of our financial debts. Proverbs twenty two, seven say the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The bower, that's a hard word to say, you know? Say that 10 times. The bower. <laughs> the bower is slave. You try it. You try that. Come on. <laughs> the bower. Yeah, and then put some marbles in your mouth and yell. it's good. The bower is, okay, that guy is slave. It's hard to say this seriously with y'all laughing at me. That's good. The one who has debt is is slave to the lender. When you are in debt, the scripture says you are a slave to the one who has lent the money to you. Just let that drop in this morning. Who wants to be a slave? It's an ugly word. I really believe the scripture teaches us only to be a slave to Christ. That the only thing that will control your life is Jesus. And anything else that controls that you have to have, that, you, that weighs you down, is not something that God would have for your life. You ever got yourself deep in debt? We use words like this in the English language. I'm buried in debt. I'm deep in debt. I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. I'm drowning in debt. I'm financially underwater. All of those sound pretty bad, don't they? Because they are bad. They're not the place where God would have us. And the finances in challenges in marriages is considered the number one reason for stress in marriages. It's a common point of conflict in divorces. It brings problems in our lives. And financial debt really is a form of slavery. It's a form of imprisonment. It certainly is not freedom. And when you get out of debt, when, as the scripture says, owe oh, no man anything. When you get out of debt, there is a time of rejoicing. And we use terms like, I'm debt. I'm debt free. And I just think God wants us to be free. In all areas of our life. And this is one important area. God wants us to be free. You know, in the mission field, I... Uh, God blessed us in a lot of ways. We lived by our personal support, which was a whole other story. Great challenge for me to be supported by others. That was not my plan in life. That was not my desire in life. That was my greatest barrier to become a missionary. I was not going to receive any money from anybody ever. (laughs) Right, Paul? Yeah, (laughs) And I realized that when I walked into this, but God called me to where I went. And there's no salaries in where I went. So what do you do? God's called you into a ministry, and I knew it was the Lord. But with it came this thing of, well, you need to raise support. And I said, there ain't no way. Not me, somebody else. I'll, I'll support other people. So what do you do? And I just tell you personally, the raising support, God was very kind to us. And God gave us what we need. But, Kent, you know, my wife was like, God will take care of us. Let's go. I'm like, great. I've married a woman of faith. I can't even use her as an excuse. (laughs) You know, she said, well, God's always taking care of us. So, you know, she just got it, but not me. Remember, my dad's an accountant. Everything was budgeted and planned and saved for. That was my direction. And God just said, the problem here is your pride. It's not your faith, even your trust. It's your pride. I'm like, oh, great. God isn't even helping me out here. You know, I was like, you got to trust me. Step out. And we saw God provide in amazing ways. We went for one year and stayed for 27. And God was very faithful to us. Now, at the end, I... There were some changes in support. And at one point, I dropped about $10,000 in debt. And I didn't know what to do. I trimmed about as much as I knew how to trim. And it was scary because you're going, okay, I got kids in school. I have food I need to buy. I have my house. There were just different challenges. And I realized that there was a level of imprisonment. That there was a lack of freedom being able to do what God even was calling me to do. Because it's like, yeah, but God, I got this debt. And how do you give when you're in debt? And how do you bless when you're in debt? And that debt became a weight upon my shoulders. And by God's grace, over a period of about a year, we were able to get out of that debt. And I just remember, you know, my wife trusts me a lot in that area. She's like, honey, I trust you in that. And I appreciate that. But it's kind of like, you trust me, but I don't know how to get out of this. And that was a weight upon me trying to provide and care for my family. And when we got free, when we were out, I was like, whoo! You know, it's just it's not like the world shakes and lights. You know, it's like it's just on my books and I'm working on it. But it was like I am out of debt. I don't owe anybody. There's a freedom that comes. It takes time. It takes discipline. It takes God's provision. But there's a freedom that comes when we're debt-free. And I believe that God wants City Hill to be debt-free. Explain that. But I want to say, I believe this is a year of freedom. And I am asking the Lord for miracles. And I believe that God wants City Hill to be debt-free. And my prayer of faith is that we would be debt-free in 2020. It's a year of jubilee. I realize it's not exactly what they did. It's not like the banks of Israel just said, okay, you don't owe any." I'm not directly paralleling it to jubilee, but jubilee was when they celebrated being debt-free, and I want to celebrate that and believe God for that this year. It's our year of jubilee. So let me be crystal clear what I'm talking about. Number one, I'm asking the Lord to help us finish paying off our long-term debt as City Hill Church. Six years ago, our long-term debt was at $1.3 million, and that's where we were. That was for basically a major revision project, and I appreciate the foyer, I appreciate the office that I work in. I appreciate the kitchen. All of this was wonderful, needed things for our church, not criticizing. But six years ago, our debt was $1.3 million and fairly stable at that point, keeping on that. And so we looked at that as the elders. We sat down and we said, I think the Lord has better for us or different for us. And we began a 10-year payoff plan which we have kept by God's grace, by God's provision, by the generosity of this church. And we are about six years into that plan, and our debt, our long-term debt, stands today. Not $1.3 million, but we're at 575000 Praise the Lord. That's progress. Bless the Lord. So we're at 575000 And part of it that made us want to go that way is this, you know, I look at what our nation does, it pushes the debt down to future generations. I don't know what's gonna happen eventually, but I, I know our, our current national debt is at sixty trillion dollars. I have to figure out how many zeros that is. It's a lot. Sixty trillion and climbing. And I don't know how that will work for a nation, but I don't like it. I don't think it's a white for the, the greatest nation on the face of the earth to be $60 trillion in debt. There's a disconnect there. Somebody did something wrong. And I can criticize them all I want. But then you bring it back down to the nurell household, and you bring it down to City Hill Church, and we're carrying a debt. And I don't think it's a good way to do business. I don't think it's the heart of God. I think the heart of God would be for us to be debt-free. I don't want to be guilty of the same things that I don't like in others. So that's where we are now. We're at $575,000. And my prayer, and I'm asking you to join me here this, by faith, And believe with me that 2020 would be our year of freedom. And we could continue to pay it off and we could work it out over it like a mortgage. And that's one way of doing it. But I felt the Lord ask me as I was praying through this year saying, will you trust me for greater things than you can figure out how to do? Will you trust me for miracles? Will you ask me for things beyond your ability?" And always when God asks, God, the answer is yes. You know. It's the right way to answer. You say, well, Lord, what is that? And it's like, "So you're a freedom. How about being free from debt? How about believing me to pay off that debt for us as a church? So that's what we're doing. We're praying. We're believing. The elders have met. We've prayed about this. We've looked to the Lord and we believe that this is one of the things that God's calling us to believe for. That we completely pay off our long-term debt this year. More on that later. Part two. I'm also asking that the Lord, I'm asking the Lord that the church would be debt-free in 2020. He said, didn't you just say that? No. Because we are the church. You and me. And it's not just that God wants our family church, the budgets of this church, to be debt-free. Wouldn't it be great if we, if you, were debt-free in 2020? Now I can hear some of you going, well, Pastor, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. Why not? What can God do? You know, I, uh, I've told this story before, but it's just too good. You know, I had a big debt, went to school, went to seminary, a lot of years of expensive schooling, private schools, carried a pretty good debt, not massive, but actually it was in the $22,000 range, which is a good considering, but still a chunk of change for a, a guy who's painted houses. And I told the Lord when he called me into missions, I'd go if he'd figure out this debt. I mean, I had money to pay. Can't just go with that debt. And as most of you have heard, I got a call from NBC Studios. Picked up the phone one day. And it was NBC Studios. And that led to some meetings, which led to some game shows. And I paid off my debt in a weekend. Pressure luck. Woo! And that's not real life, of course. That's kind of that. It's like nobody died. I don't know how it happened. And I never remembered my prayer to God until I won the game show. And I came home in this fog of I just won $36,000 in a weekend in 1984. That's a chunk of change today. And it paid off my entire seminary debt, all my debt. And the Lord said, so about that little deal we talked about. And honestly, I had not thought about it because I never thought I'd win. I mean, the game show host, I believe that one was Peter Trevek. He said, you are the luckiest man I've ever met from the game show host. That just tells you how, what a long shot I was. And you can watch it on YouTube if you really want to have some fun. Um. But God did something in me. I'm not saying the answers. we all go on game shows. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> what God just said is I am creative. I can do things you've never thought of. It doesn't just work in your equation. I have, I have all the gold, all the silver. I can provide for you in ways you've never imagined if you trust me. And we go, yeah, but God. Yeah, but God, you don't. Yeah, but God, I've got... And I would like to challenge you to put your personal debt this year before the Lord. Just take that number, figure it out, sit down, add it up. If you're in personal debt, I'm not really speaking so much about house mortgages here, but everything else, maybe house mortgage too, be it unto you according to your faith. But to put it before the Lord and say, God, help me get free. Help me get free. 2020 is a year of freedom. Did you know the average American adult, I read this, it was up to date as of last year, the average American adult, 18 and over, is currently holding $38,000 in personal debt. That's not counting mortgages. The average. I don't know where we stand as City Hill. I actually thought about filling out cards and Pass them in, but it seemed a little too much. But I, I bet, I don't know where we are as Christians. I don't know where we are as a church. But my guess is many of us are weighed down with personal debt. What would we look like if we were free? What would we look like if you had no debt to anyone? The borrower is slave to the lender. It's the Word of God. Oh, no man, anything. Dennis, come on up. I like stories. I like testimonies. And Dennis shared a testimony with me this week, and I thought, church needs to hear it, what God's done. This is Dennis Nesseth, one of our, and Dennis and Kathy, they've walked through a process and found some freedom, and I wanted him to share it with you directly. Go ahead.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Um, so I, just in keeping with the year of Jubilee, uh, and what we've learned about it, uh, this year is, is, a, is more than a double jubilee for us. First of all, it's our, the year of our 50th wedding anniversary. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kathy, for putting up with me for 50 years. Can you imagine? <laughs> so um, the, the other jubilee or celebration we have to share is that eight years ago, we found ourselves $75,000 in personal debt. Had nothing really to show for it. And actually, I keep thinking, we must have had a really good time, but I just don't remember it. <laughs> this, this did not include our home mortgage. And it was obviously a very difficult and stressful situation for, for certain, and maybe worse, considering our ages. So what did we do? Prayer and more prayer. We were committed to getting it paid off. That decision was final. For us, bankruptcy was not an option. We prayed some more. There was a lot of prayer going on. A big issue we had was no one was running a budget. We set up a budget where Kathy would handle all of the daily expenses, and I took care of the house payment and credit card debt, and no more charging. This was so simple on my part that I could, I could, even I could do it. I did it. So I paid the house payment and the mortgage. She, Kathy, is the one that really handles the finances and knows how to budget. I don't. Slowly and with certainty, things improved in paying off debt. We were blessed with unexpected gifts of money that just, we just had only contributed to God, and we're not talking small amounts. This was, this was a, a substantial gifts. With God's help we were able to turn things around in this January of 2020 just three weeks ago. We paid off the final $15,000 of our debt. So God has proven faithful to us and since I'm a stoic Norwegian, Kent this is against my grain but freedom! Good job, man.
0: <laughs> it is possible. And there is a joy when we are free. This is only one area, but it's an important area in our lives. So we are believing, and I'm asking and inviting you to join us on this 2 prong financial freedom for our church. We're not taking any special offerings. But to pray and believe that God would meet our budget and pay off our long-term debt at City Hill. And the best thing is I have no idea how to do that. I really tried. You know, it's my accountant side. I've tried to figure out, okay, if we took some of our funds that we have for capital improvement, if we liquidated all those funds and cash flow, if we did that, it drop us down to a level, and if everybody gave X amount, and I tried to figure it all out, it's like, lord Lord's going, it's not going to work that way. Can you trust me to do things, to provide? And I believe we'll have some stories. You know, I tell you, honestly, the other thing we've got to get free from is the fear of failure. Because when we declare in your own life or in the church's life, that we're believing God for something, you know what? We run the risk of failing. We run the risk of not seeing it happen. And, you know, there's worse things than failing. And I don't think God calls us to just live that super protected, I'll say it, Minnesota life, that makes that failure is the worst possible thing. I think disobedience is a far worse thing. And I think God is looking for faith. And that's what I want to end on this morning. That really, this isn't even about money. Money is just a tool. The real issue is God wants to work on our faith. The scripture says, When I return, or when Christ returns, will he find faith on the earth? And finances just happens to be something that gets to our heart, it gets to our being because we live with it daily. And the question is can we trust the Lord for our finances? even miraculous provision. And when I say miraculous, I'm not talking about game shows or the lottery. Do you know that the chance of winning the mega million is one in 302 million? Which means you have a hundred times better chance of being killed by a shark and a five times better chance than having quintuplets. And I think that's for men as well. So... It's, it's not, it's not, I don't know. Don't go that way. I'm not saying let's all go out and believe God and pray and play the lotto. No, don't, don't do that. I am saying let's believe God for provision. And for Dennis and Kathy, there was a discipline, a goal, eight years, you said? Praise the Lord. Self-discipline, saying no to things, but finding a freedom that I'm sure you'll never regret finding that freedom. And what happens if you believe God for it and you only get halfway there this year. Praise God. Next year we'll have a celebration. I don't know how it's all going to work. I do believe that God is calling us to trust him for things that we can't figure out. That's why it's called faith. And Jesus talked a lot about money. The Bible has 2300 verses on faith and fi- on finances and resources. That's a lot that the Lord speaks about because it's dear to our heart and God wants our heart. And we can't just say, well, I have my spiritual life here. This is my religious, spiritual life and my money. Well, that's really my own business over here. God wants it all. And he's desperate and desirous and jealous for our heart. That's want I close by saying God wants you to be free. Take every area of your life. God wants freedom in all areas of our life. Worship team, come on up. And so I want to challenge you to ask the Lord for financial freedom for you and for us. To believe that God will do great things. And throughout the year, we'll share stories if you get debt free this year, let us know. We want 50 stories of freedom. Financial will be one of those. It's one of our stories. Financial freedom, praise the Lord. But we have at least 50 stories of freedom that God's going to bring our way today. And see, the reason for praying for it now is that when the freedom comes, we don't go, oh, isn't that good? No more freedom. What's for lunch? We stop and we say, did you hear? Did you hear what happened? I can't believe it. you got to hear this. Look what God has done for us at City Hill. And then people speak of how great God is, and people grow in faith for that and for other areas of their life. And the Lord is glorified, and the debt's paid. But the heart of God is that he would receive glory, that we grow in our love and our relationship with him. That's why the faith part of this is so incredibly important. I don't think God's worried about anybody's debt in the sense of, oh no, what are we going to do? I do think He's desperate to have us grow in our faith and our love and our relationship with Him. So, are you with me? City Hill debt free in 2020? Can we believe and let our faith grow? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 28:12 says, "The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow." God wants to put us I'm not this is not a sermon on prosperity doctrine by any means this is a sermon says god wants to bless us and get us free in every area of our lives and financial is one of those areas in our life that god wants to bring us freedom so that we can bless so that we can give that we can care for those in need we can help situations because we're free from the debt that holds us back are you with me amen let's stand and pray Father, I thank you that you are God of all. God, you are the provider through the work that we do, through any gifts we receive, through your provision for us. God, you provide in miraculous ways, and we give you the praise and the glory for your provision. And Father, I pray for freedom. This morning, I pray for financial freedom for our church, for every member of our church, God. Give us the faith to ask you for things that we don't even know how it would happen. That's why we need you. We ask for your freedom this morning, God. Give us faith to ask and to believe and then to obey what you call us to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing the song that we learned last week, Set Me Free, Lord Jesus, to close. And then if I could if you're a guest, greet me out there at the Welcome Center on the left side going out. If you um, want somebody to pray for you this morning, we're going